Hello and welcome to this new episode of the Sovereign Goddess Podcast. Authentic conversations with modern medicine women and goddess penores alike, inspiring you to build your queendom with grace. I'm your host, Sabrina Riccio, and oh, this episode is finally here. <laughs> I have been holding on to this episode since we recorded it. I think at the end of January, it had to be, it was right the day after, a couple days after the eclipse that we went through um, in, you know, the super everything moon. And my guest on today's episode on this transmission, this is a really powerful energetic transmission that's really going to up-level you to new heights, is my dear friend Krista Ryerson of Chalice Grove, and she's based out of Calgary, Canada, in Alberta. And Chalice Grove is just like a platform that she's created that really helps support people on their healing journey. You know, she hit her rock bottom and, you know, she knew that she had it within her to really heal and nurture and love herself back into wholeness. And that's her passion. And I went to Tucson Gem and Mineral show with her. And then she stayed at my house for 11 days. And during that time, each of us were going through pretty big upgrades. I mean, I feel like since that time, I've really been upgrading a lot. You know, I'm in my Saturn return and um, I'm just being really having to face a lot of the things that aren't serving me anymore and are just really allowing me to really fully align to my fullest, most authentic expression. And, you know, there's been so much going on since we recorded this, but it's still really relevant. I'm seeing more and more spiritual teachers taking breaks with social media and are really addressing the truth that we can't be spiritual bypassing. And even as spiritual teachers, it's important for us to honor what we're feeling. Um, If you've been following me on Instagram, you're seeing that I'm going through a pretty gnarly upgrade with my health. And during this time, you know, I've had to do, I've had like over six vials of blood drawn and doctor's visits and figuring out pieces of the puzzle and trying to figure out answers since I haven't really been getting the answers from Western medicine and connecting with my girlfriends and experts and my mentor because I just I feel like mentorship is so important and having the people around you and your community they're the ones that are really going to help you propel and excel to the new heights and right now we're all going through this really beautiful collective upgrade into these higher realms and this higher dimension and higher consciousness. And so for us to do that, we had to make sure we're really making peace with our past and really honoring all facets of the human experience and really being okay with where we are, but knowing that there's always room for growth and there's always opportunity for us to excel excel to new heights and to have that acceleration. We have to be gentle with ourselves. We have to nourish ourselves. We have to take care of ourselves. And with this Mercury retrograde, we're just really being asked to all the re's to really revisit and dive in and really transmute and heal those parts of us that are yearning for our love. And, you know, this episode is brought to you by my dear girls. I have uh, Dana, Baliki, and Sandy Citron, and we are here. Well, they are coming on next week's episode, but... They are promoting their Saturn Return workshop, and I am. I took their workshop a couple weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago, in Joshua Tree, and you know, just seeing and hearing that Saturn's a master teacher. And as I said, I'm going through the Saturn Return right now, and just really being like, okay, like 
these are, this is what I signed up for this, right? And this is my rite of passage for me to really go in and really address what I, what I need and what has been missing from me. And so Dana and Sandy, they're awesome. I love them. Dana lives out here in Joshua Tree and Sandy lives in New York. And they are putting together four webinars so you can pick a time that works best for you, really educating you more about Saturn Return to really help you navigate through your cosmic rite of passage with clarity and ease. And, you know, that things are really coming up to the surface to be healed and transmuted so you can really show up in the world as your full, authentic, real, rad self. And so essentially, if you're between, if you're ages 22, 29, 37, 44, 51, 58, or 65-ish, you're, those are the ones that are really going through this shift right now. And so you're not alone, first of all, and there are tools and there are ways to get through it. So uh, again, I'm really excited to be helping my sisters out with their event. And so you can click the link um, in the show notes here to learn more about it. But I'll be talking with them next week. But this week, I feel like it was time for this episode to come out to really prepare for that because we have to make sure that we aren't spiritual bypassing. We have to really make sure that we are really aligning to our fullest selves. We have to make sure that we are really being gentle with ourselves and really recognizing what's been allowing us to play small. Like, where have we been playing small? And so it's really important for us to get honored, to get real, to get vulnerable, and to recognize that, as Krista said, being human is an act of bravery, which was next level for me. Like, wow, yes, girl. And so there are so many of us like shedding the illusion right now and realizing that it's up to us to reclaim our power. And so I met Krista through Instagram and I had her at my house and it was only the second time that we met in person. I stayed with her uh, at the Joshua Tree house uh, probably 2016, 2016, yeah, in October. And uh, she was out here. You'll hear more about it, but essentially... That's when I really knew, like, all right, it was time for me to, you know, I was, that's when I heard, like, I need to move to Joshua Tree. That that was the first time I heard it. And then look at, we're together in Joshua Tree. So things can manifest. (laughs) And uh, she's a Kundalini yoga teacher as well. And she has her sacred adornment line, Chalice Grove. And I just, I love her and I adore her. And she's probably one of the wisest people I know. And so... This episode, like literally, you will be upgraded from this episode. I, It's so potent. I can't even begin to tell you how potent it is because you'll have to experience it for yourself. But it's so potent that we recorded the video. We recorded it as a video and the computer couldn't even handle it. Like that's how potent and high vibe it is that we are more stronger than the technology. But luckily we had backup and... Uh, I'm so happy we did because this episode was very, I could tell the shift that came from that. It was just like, whew, yeah, this is potent. And so here we talked a lot about, again, like the importance of avoiding the spiritual bypassing and to really get real and honor all facets of the human experience. And then we talked a lot about the power of Kundalini Yoga and why we are both so obsessed with it and why we recognize it as part of our major healing tool, a major healing tool for us. And so we talked about that. We talked about what it really means to do the spiritual work. We 
talked about um, authenticity in your brand and who you are, healing with archetypes, anchoring the 5D new paradigm, really honoring the shadow because a lot of people just show their highlight reel on Instagram and things like that, and that's not real life. And so, as you know, I'm very passionate about showing the shadow. And also honoring the mystery of life and finding that balance between the divine masculine and the divine feminine and the upper and lower triangles, which is something both Chris and I are extremely passionate about because it's uh, it's everything. And you'll hear more about that throughout this episode. But we wanted just to really share you and educate you more about all things Kundalini Yoga in terms of the, the medicine that it offers and, the, you know, the different systems in the body and the aura and the nervous system and the depression, like healing depression with these things and how it's so associated. And I mean, this episode is, like I said, I've been wanting to put it out for weeks, but I was waiting and waiting and waiting and it just happens to be episode 33. And I think it's, again, perfect that this is the episode before... I have Sandy and Dana on to talk about Saturn return because, you know, these are all parts of the human experience. These are all the rites of passage for us to be able to hold space and to really be able to be the light we wish to see in the world and to just really show up as who we are and transmute the illusion and just really allow ourselves to embrace our beauty and our light and to recognize that all of it is perfect and it's up to us to really choose to be victorious and to release that victim mind and that victim mentality because it's not going to be serving anyone and it's going to be tarnishing your destiny. And this is not the time. We don't have time for that anymore. Yes, honor what you're feeling and yes, go within and feel it. But we need you and we really need you to be your full, authentic, full, 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 whole self. So... You are more than enough, you know that, and we're here to help you remember that. And so I'm really excited to be finally sharing with you this episode. Uh, Again, if you want to sign up for the Saturn Return Workshop, uh, the link is inside the show notes, and I'll be talking about that with next week. But Krista in this episode is just, she's a gem. I love her. Her poetry and her writing is amazing, and she is just one of my dearest friends and my soul sister and to really have her on here sharing her medicine has been long overdue and I'm just so blessed and grateful and I missed her already she was my pseudo roommate for some time (laughs) and uh, you know she's still up in Canada and I'm here in Joshua Tree but I know her presence is still here and it's yeah it's you know when you're when you find those people that you just connect with and you're able to go deep with and lose track of time and break technology together there's something really special there and so this episode is extremely special and I just I, I I'm really looking forward to hear what you think of it again I'm still um, offering the opportunity to deliver you the Sodnet ebook which is our, my ebook that I created for cultivating a daily practice to help you radiate your authentic radness in the golden era And if you just leave a review on iTunes or if you leave some comments on the show notes on the website, I will send you and email you a copy of the ebook. And also anyone who purchases my course, Stay Woke, A Guide to Thrive in the Golden Era, now until the end of the month, will get a free 20-minute one-on-one coaching call with me 
So the first 30 people to sign up for that, uh, paying in full, will be able to chat with me. And if you have any other questions or if you want to collaborate and to have your event featured on the podcast or your product featured on the podcast, you can send me a message at hello at shamanessagadessa.guru. That link or that email address is also featured in the show notes. And all I can say is that these next coming episodes of the Sovereign Goddess podcast are dreams come true. That's all I can really say. Like the, the guests that are coming on is truly dreams come true. And I my intention is to focus more and more about the podcast here. I didn't have an episode last week because I was just going through doctor's appointment to doctor's appointment back and forth and just honoring that and working on filling up my cup so that I can share with you the overflow unapologetically and naturally and authentically and just to be able to offer you that unconditional love that you are worthy of and that I'm here to share with you. So I'm really excited for you to check out this episode. Let me know what you think. And don't forget to share with your friends. You can follow me over on Instagram at Sabrina Riccio. And check out the website, sabrinariccio.com. If you have lots of uh, there's lots there's just so much. I'm just working on building a lot of content right now during this Mercury retrograde and really offering you what you all deserve and what I really want to share and living out my dharma and my life's purpose. So thank you again for your love and support. And without further ado, I introduce you to Krista Ryerson. And this episode is called Spiritual Bypassing in the Spiritual Community and Upleveling with Kundalini Yoga. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Sovereign Goddess Podcast. Authentic conversations with modern medicine women and goddesspreneurs alike, inspiring you to build your queendom with grace. So this is like another episode inside the Cruza Casita. Mm. And I've got my guest here. <laughs> <laughs> Krista Ryerson of Chalice Grove, fellow Kundalini yoga teacher mm-hmm. and soul sister. And she's been staying in my house for like 11 days now. A long time. <laughs> yeah, she's been in my house for like the past 11 days. We went to the Tucson Gem Fair together. Yeah. And then we've just been upgrading together mm-hmm. during this eclipse. We like woke up. At like 5.30 in the morning. No, 5. We woke up five. at 5. Yeah, at 5. To do sadhana. And went watch, outside. We not cleared all of our crystals <laughs> that we bought from the gem show. Yeah. And did sadhana. We did yoga three times that day. Woof. We've done like mm-hmm. five sound baths. Five sound baths. Over the past 11 days. So we're like supercharged for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> But I feel uh, like this has been an episode that's been wanting to come out for a while. Yeah. Like we've been talking Since we about met, this. Probably. Yeah, which is also a really funny story. Yeah. We we met on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> we did. Yeah. We met on Instagram and uh, it's pretty fascinating to see the journey up until now. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think we had a um, a mutual friend. That's yeah. how we ended up. Myra. Yeah, coming yeah. together. Kundalini gowns. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I came here last year to do a workshop in Joshua Tree for a tribe family gathering. And Sabrina just saw my Instagram and reached out and was like, hey, you're in my hood. So I happen to be renting a really beautiful Airbnb out here called the Joshua Tree House. Stunning place. And I happen to have the whole place to myself. It's massive. So I invited her to come stay. 
you know, just threw it out there, take it or leave it. And she was stoked. So she came out with a bunch of food and cooked for me. And (laughs) (laughs) we watched Matt Con. We didn't even know each other at all. Like, I think we'd been following each other maybe for a month. If that. Yeah. So it was like, and and even now. It was a risk. (laughs) It was a risk. It was a total risk. It may be even a liability. It was un- it was unsure. <laughs> a liability. Yeah. Crazy bitches coming together. Yeah. And even even staying, I feel like, for this trip, not that it was, I mean, we know each other a bit more, but still, to stay some with I, someone. This is the second time we've met. Yeah. Yeah. And to stay with someone for this length of time and to go to a huge gem and mineral show with that person and then stay in their home for multiple days without knowing them, you know, it's. It, I kept saying, I'm so proud of us. <laughs> losers yeah yeah but it's it's really cool it's beautiful you know that's there's always i mean there's always polarity in life right so there's always a double-edged sword to things and i think that we can get really caught up in how instagram with um with everything that's going on with it and the numbers especially for businesses how it can be not such a good thing but it also can really bring people together. That's what I've been telling my friend. Uh, my friend Blair Porter, she posted this thing how, like, she's been afraid to, like, share so much on Instagram because yeah. it's like we put a lot of ourselves out there. But I was like, dude, there's two sides of the coin. The, mm-hmm. the mutable Gemini in me is like, hey. <laughs> the mutable Gemini is like, hey, yeah, like, it's yeah. definitely hard because there can be this, like, egotism going through but then it's yeah. also like super beautiful because like I met her through Instagram too and like most of my friends today I've met through Instagram and it's kind of the norm and I was hearing today someone being like oh well that's uh, maybe it was you how like adults find it hard it's like hard for adults to like make new friends make new friends mm-hmm. but I feel like my like core friends are the friends I've made through Instagram yeah and I think that that touches on also a really beautiful point because I, I think it's beautiful to have friends that you've had forever, but being someone who is extremely passionate about self-growth and development um, and on an evolutionary spiritual path, um, yeah, you're going to be changing your friendships, you know, because you're shifting your energy and therefore the people that you hang out with are going to shift. And sometimes if you're lucky, that gets to be the people you went to high school with or to college with, but that's not always the case. So... I think it's really beautiful that it's it's really collapsing time and space technology where we can, you know, talk to someone across the world just like that. It's yeah, beautiful. for sure. And like different places. Like she lives in Canada and she's here even yeah. though like her soul is totally in this desert. Yeah, my soul is in the desert. When I came here last year, it, it shifted something in me in a way that was really profound. My whole house looks like, you know, has... California. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It has such a splash of California, so I'm yeah I'm really honored, and I think that it has been such a fun trip for us because we're both Kundalini yoga teachers, and so to do sadhana, to um, chant mantra, you know, for you know the average maybe person that can seem a little strange, and and I always joke to to people who are trying Kundalini yoga for the first time because I've probably taught over a hundred people this particular style of yoga for the first time ever, and I always say it's weird. It's so weird. It's weird. Just prepare yourself that it's weird. And once you can just get that out of the way. Yeah. It's something that like we try to grasp as to why not to do it or like another kind of like segmented like separation. Yeah. You know, like, oh, because so so many people are so used to like vinyasa or hatha and then they're seeing like kundalini where I'm doing my arms in like crazy positions and like 
you want me to do what with my mouth? Mm. You want me to like? <laughs> totally. Do you want me, you want me to keep my arms up for twenty four minutes, yeah. twenty three minutes? Yeah. Who are you? You know, yeah. like. And I think that that's an important. You know, I, many people aren't familiar with Kundalini Yoga, and, and it's the yoga of awareness. And my favorite thing about this practice is that. It's a yoga that's focused on the glandular system and on the nervous system, as opposed to being primarily focused on the muscular system and the skeletal system. And for someone whose background was, you know, severe and debilitating anxiety for a chunk of my life, I needed something to ground my nervous system. Oh, totally. I mean, I think for me, like, after my lightning accident, yeah, like, I didn't have any physical, like, bone or, like, any, I don't know, like any abnormality, like with my body per se that you could see, but it was totally my glandular system and my nervous system, my nervous system more, more definitely, um, that really got screwed up from that lightning accident. And then I became a Kundalini yoga teacher in 2015. So that was three years after it happened. No, 2014, I became a Kundalini yoga teacher. Yes, that was two years after my, my incident, my accident. It's, it also feels really symbolic, you know, because yeah. you think about the way the nervous system works. Everything's like it's there are electrical impulses that are being sent through the body, right? And then you're, you, you get hit by mm-hmm. lightning. And in one way, again, coming back to the polarity of life, good, bad, right, wrong, yes, no, masculine, feminine we could look at being hit by lightning as this negative thing. And I'm sure for a time it felt that way, but then understanding and seeing that, that bigger picture where it's like, that was such a blessing in my life because it led you to all of these other things. Oh, totally. I mean, I would not, yeah, I would probably be dead right now. No, seriously. Like I was eating so much ecstasy at that time. And like my, I was using my power to be like, ah, with the man, you know, like fighting against the man out of anger Right. You know, and not out of like, hey, like I, like there was obviously love that was really guiding me, but so much of it was like, I was pissed off because I felt like society was telling me who I needed to be, what behaviors I needed to do. Like they were trying to mold me to someone like that they want, it wanted me to be. And I was just like, no, I'm going to do my own thing. I'm fucking sovereign, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. But I was also very destructive because I was completely disconnected from my lower triangle. Right. So as I talked about in previous episodes, like so many politicians and stuff, they're so stuck in the upper triangle. Yeah. You know, and because there's been so much shame around the body and the lower triangle and more and more people I've been talking to have been really sharing with me how they're really working on breaking the mold of like the Judeo-Christian like like uh, molding or limitations or like all of that. I mean, I'm definitely still working through a lot of that. Well, it's woven into the fabric of just about everything. Yeah, totally. It's, it's really, really. Um, it's in symbolism. It's in mythology. It's in. Uh, folklore it's in legend and, and and a lot of that is archetypal in nature but a lot of it comes from um, you know people in positions of power who are trying to control a generation and when you're someone who's really sensitive who is an empathic you know who feels a lot it makes sense that that would be an energy that you wouldn't want to be able to you wouldn't want to have power over you yeah I don't want to be contained and limited and yeah yeah for sure and I think that's what was so much with the pre-lightning too, too is like Um, I was, I really like woke up after my Kundalini awakening and I was like really like 
reconnected with my empathic self. And then I was I was feeling already that the world was kind of like crumbling. Mm. Um, and then so that was my like overall like main intention and focus was like what I was doing felt like was really going to help humanity. Right. Like heal and become stronger. But I still had to work by like beating the man or like, you know, having power over the man. And now I'm just really working on seeing that so much of the man and like societies and these big politicians and people in power just um have really gnarly childhoods yeah you know it's so much like inner child healing and even today i was telling krista i was like dude i got this like clear like aha that so much of my work is so centered on inner child healing because i had a very traumatic um childhood with so much death yeah myself included yeah and prolonged depression and that's why even now like I've, it's gone to the point through Instagram, for instance, going back to like how we met and because I think it's, it's such an important topic right now as a spiritual teacher is like, I I've had to unfollow people that I felt like aren't showing like the, all the facets of the human experience Mm. because I, I believe like there's so much beauty in that darkness. It's like the black Lilith, like. Yeah, there's so oh, much black <laughs> There's so much beauty in the darkness because I know for damn sure that is how I've grown. That is that has given me the opportunity to really like be who I am and be empathetic and be compassionate and to just really hold space. Yeah. For whoever yeah. You know? Well, I was raised, when I was uh, younger, I was raised as a Baha'i, which is um, one of the newer world religions. Right. And so I wasn't actually raised in Christianity or uh, Catholicism, but that that's the point is like it seeps into everything. And this, again, this isn't a conversation saying any of that's bad. Right. It's to say when we're only looking at one side of life or through or at life through one's particular lens, it can be really damaging. So it's no different than when you're on Facebook or Instagram and you're only sharing one side of yourself. You're only sharing, I see people who only share darkness, who are spiritual teachers, and what's happening is they're actually hooking into other people's darkness, and it's the blind leading the blind, right? So I think we can get really- And I've been there. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. and that's what we can have compassion for, Mm -hmm. you know? It's really challenging to have compassion for people if you haven't had the experiential knowledge of it firsthand, unless you're someone who's enlightened or has done a lot of spiritual work but spiritual work means no spiritual bypassing no spiritual bypassing means you're not just focusing on the good so you probably have gone through some of the murkiness of your own shadow you know trudge through the swamp of all your limiting beliefs and all your childhood trauma and it also makes a lot of sense to me right now that you're feeling this energy of the child because with that eclipse with leo there's so much of that embedded in that is that totally. inner, inner child and today i was just watching a video and Louise Hay, rest in peace, not that she needs a rest in peace because she's probably dancing somewhere. She was one of the grandmothers who just like really sealed in the fact that we need to see people in their innocence, which means you imagine them as a child. And this was my very first initiation into my healing process was to imagine my mother and my father as children. And I would see them as, as babies and I'd be holding them in my arms and then I'd put them actually into my heart. And in my particular life and path. My parents, more so my father's, because I do have a stepdad and a real dad, they're not going to necessarily give me 
what it is that I need in the physical or, or say the words or even, you know, the apology or whatever it is. So I actually had to create that on my own. That was the first step of my healing. So I'm seeing them in their innocence before whatever happened to them happened allowed me to operate in a place of such forgiveness. And so the video I was watching today, he said the same thing. He said that his boyfriend had cheated on him and he imagined him as a little, as a young child. And through that, he forgave him like that. And that is a miracle. It's the mm. shift in perception from fear to love to see someone in their innocence. Mm. Because you can't be angry at someone when you realize we all come from the same stuff. We all come and from so the same And so many of us place. are damaged. So many of, all of us. Yeah, we're all damaged. Oh my gosh, the human experience, I think incarnating alone is a little bit traumatic. <laughs> <laughs> totally. You know? So being human is, is a brave, it's, it's an act of bravery. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, and then just even going back to the conversation about like showing the shadow and showing the light because I feel like, especially as a spiritual teacher, we've been doing the work for a while. Yeah. So then it's kind of like we're holding precedent for like the people who are just beginning, yes. you know? Yeah. And so the biggest thing for me is that I remember when I was really going through the rough patches I was so ashamed mm. because I mm -hmm. felt like I needed to meet up to this view of like what a spiritual leader looks like right. or like how I'm supposed to be because these are how all my teachers are living and like they're all like their lives are awesome and they're living the dream mm -hmm. and when you're in the fucking shit you're just like feel so isolated and alone and I've so been there yeah especially after the lightning accident I was literally like took a four-year sabbatical because I felt so separate from everyone because right. no, I felt like no one was really sharing because I was reading so much self-help and, like, watching. Like, I read, like, literally 100 books, like, the first year. Right. After my lightning accident just to find answers and, like, figure out, like, what the hell is going on? Like, did why did this happen? I feel like the answers are still <laughs> unfolding, you know? That's I think the biggest answer. thing is just, like surrendering what I felt or what I feel like was supposed to happen and just continue to allow and just yes. be in that space of openness and open my heart and surrender. But Well, and this is the month of allowance. And I think it's also really important to remember that many of the people that we look up to that are spiritual teachers and leaders came from the Piscean age. Totally. So there is, it's very different. Even if, for example, my Instagram page, Chalice Grove started as jewelry. It started as conscious jewelry. I started making malas because I was having dreams about them. And that was how I stepped out of the traditional world. And I have always felt a very strong spiritual call or pull to something uh, greater, uh, to be someone on the planet who is a way shower, you know, a light worker. Uh, but through that journey, I think we can get really lost along the way when there aren't people showing us that there are two sides and, and if you look at my account it's not just jewelry you know I, I it's not a business oriented account because i am my brand and that's what's shifting a lot i think with millennials that's what's shifting a lot with or with the new generation is that there needs to be more authenticity there people want to purchase from me because of my authenticity mm -hmm. i find rather than it just being a brand and now when i even look at people's Instagrams that is just a brand and it and it feels that way. It actually feels quite cold. Yeah, when I can't connect to who. There's they no are. heart. It's like a cold-hearted. Yeah, yeah. There's there's like people want to support other people who are showing heart and like 
are like hearing out and yeah. like being like, oh my gosh, like I can relate to that person or like they understand me. Right. And there's no wrong way to do it. That's the, yeah, that's the for thing. Sure. That's the kicker. There's no wrong way. Even if you're in your shadow and all you're sharing is your darkness, that is appeasing to an audience that is drawing people in. Now, if you stay there, that's when it becomes problematic. Right. Because then you're encouraging other people to depend on you to be the spiritual teacher. You're not empowering leaders. It's almost and like teachers. a martyr too. Yeah. You totally. know? Yeah. It's like the martyr of like oh which is a which which is a shadow archetype like the martyr is not um, a, an archetype that's in its power and its light necessarily it's not that it's bad again because the darkness is and what's bad. the opposite of the martyr uh, well you're looking at the mystic mm. so the mystic is someone you know who is who is in their power who has really landed in their knowing that they create their own reality that they're the, that they're sovereign that they're the king and queen of their own existence mm-hmm <laughs> mm-hmm. So, mm. yeah, martyrdom is, I mean, that's something that I've definitely had and hooked into for a lot of my life. And I, and, I, and I know a lot of people do, you know? I feel like that's so Piscean, too. Yeah. And that's, like, so much of that, like, Judeo-Christian, like, upbringing, too. It was always, like, oh, sacrifice and a lot of that. And, like, yeah. the you know, it's tough. It's definitely... A journey to go through and I feel like yeah like millennials are like the the main leaders of like this spiritual movement that are happening right now that are the younger people mm-hmm. like they don't have as many years to cut through as our parents totally. so that's why I feel like now we're kind of like like kind of like holding our parents like you said holding our parents up like to that because they've had to cut through even more layers mm-hmm than we've had to. And a huge shout out to, you know, the the people who have been anchoring in this energy because there are many people who have been anchoring in an energy for 5D to happen. Mm-hmm. And again, this doesn't have to be esoteric. It doesn't have to be something that's beyond grasp because actually what used to be esoteric is incredibly normal now. Yeah, now it's, there's no more of the woo-woo. Like, like the more people, I'm seeing more and more people talk about meditation now. Yeah, well, chapters, and I don't know if you guys have that in the States, but chapters in Canada and Indigo books, uh-huh. it's like a whole thing. Uh, they are selling meditation cushions now. They were they started out as a bookstore that then started you know creating more products and having more products and selling home goods, and now they're selling meditation. This is mainstream. No, for sure. And it's not going anywhere. It's just starting. So that's why I feel like it's even more important as spiritual teachers to make sure you're showing both sides. Because I know for me, like I said, I was really ashamed of showing that shadow because like it, it wasn't what was expected or like what I was seeing so many teachers talk about. And then it just made me feel like shit that I was Mm -hmm. feeling like shit. Yeah. Well, and I have to just out myself here because to be honest, I've been sitting with a lot of the things that have been happening in my external reality lately and realized that I have been spiritual bypassing without even realizing I was doing it. Mm. And that's so potent. Now that the awareness is there, I can shine light on it. But I had even attracted a partner where anger wasn't really okay in our relationship. And I'm someone who had a lot of anger. I've worked through tons of it, but my childhood left me with a lot of things that I felt really, really angry about. And so when I was in relationship, particularly with men, that would really come up. Anger would come up and it would be that that deep subconscious and even unconscious layering that when you get really close to someone, it starts to come out. It comes out as passive aggressive behavior or snapping your because voice. Because it's their insecurity that you pick the trigger. 
Totally. And you like, I wrote about that on Instagram today. Like, let's talk about triggers because mm-hmm. we were at lunch today and this yeah. woman, she triggered the shit out of me. <laughs> she yeah. triggered the shit out of me. But, you know, she has a cancer. So she has like this external, really like tough shell. shell. But I know she's a softie on the inside, but she triggered me. And this is right after a sound bath. And I've been going through my own thing with this eclipse portal. And I was just like, shit, man. Like, <laughs> You handled it well. I, I think I did pretty well. Like, I just, like, was quiet, though, most of the time. Mm-hmm. Because there's definitely been insecurities in my life that I've had to, like, really, like, face and, like, bring light to to heal and transmute. And it's, like, all coming up to the surface right now. It's between, like, the eclipse being around all these gemstones, like, really stepping into yeah. my truth. And, like, all these sound baths are just, like, vibrating my cells to really... And bringing up the debris of what's in the unconscious. To heal and transmute. And subconscious. And what you're saying is is so beautiful because it actually aligns perfectly with what you're saying around the shadow. You being triggered by this woman allows you to see the areas within that are maybe not yet healed, like you said today. And now you get to look at your shadow again and love it all (sighs) over again. Shadow work! (laughs) Yes! And it can seem never-ending. And, you know, both of us... We are students of A Course in Miracles, and there's a lot about uh, seeing the shadow, recognizing it, but not not staying there and not going there, just giving it up to the grace of the universe or the grace of God, right? And while that is so beautiful and I can, I can tune into and feel the richness of that, I also think that there totally is a time and place where shadow work is absolutely necessary. You can't, you'll always brush oh, into the same yeah. thing again and again, and you'll never move past that. That's plateau. another, it's another bypassing. It's another you know? bypassing. And, um, I mean, I've been a huge, I was even saying yesterday, I was like, dude, Debbie Ford, like Debbie yeah. Ford was so strong with the shadow, like yeah. rest her soul too. And, you know, that was like when I was in my shadow, especially after the lightning accident and I was like hurting the people I love the most because I was pushing them out of my life because I couldn't even deal with my own shit. Yeah. And I was like, I just need to figure this out right now. Like I yeah. can't have anything else more on my plate. And so I did so much of that deep shadow work for so many years and it's not fun for sure. Oh, no. But at the same time, I'm so grateful but for it. But it can be. Like, I actually yeah. think it can start to be fun. I think that there's a new archetypal pattern emerging with the wounded healer where we can start to utilize practices and tools and self-care that's actually fun. And then coming back to, like, me talking about spiritual bypassing, what I realized in attracting a partner that didn't allow anger was that I actually, to some degree, once I started this path, because I've been on this path for probably eight and a half years, but I've only been a full-time entrepreneur and a spiritual teacher or leader for the last three, where I've really stepped into that role. And there was definitely a part of me that didn't feel safe sharing those darker emotions that I would be judged, criticized, condemned Mm. is a word that comes up. Interesting. Mm. You know, words are very powerful and that's a Judeo-Christian word. And, and that you're that you're sinful and, and even today the video it's like sinning just means to miss the mark yeah right and we're only missing the mark when we're not in love yeah and when we're shaming ourselves for our shadow we aren't loving ourselves and if we're not loving ourselves we're missing the mark and we're completely disconnecting from your natural essence because everything is love or an opportunity for love as a yeah. person shares and so 
Yeah, it's been... And we live on a polarity planet. The smallest microorganisms are polarized. We are polarized beings. It's what makes up our electromagnetic field, meaning there's always two sides to the coin. And mm-hmm. like the, we had done a, a class together, a Kundalini yoga class, where it's like, understand what the coin is. You see both sides, sure. But if you know what the coin is, that's your true identity. That's your true self. That's your sat nam. It's the neutral mind, too. It's the neutral meditative yeah, mind. Yeah, for sure. And that's what we're working on. I even feel like as we go more to this 5D, if you don't understand like 5D, it's like that space of unity consciousness. Yes. And, and co-creation. It's a lot about us coming together because 3D, you know, there's a lot of us working on our own empowerment and then and then through, it's a very masculine dominated chakra, right. right? So if you think about it, that makes total sense to the patriarchy. Because we've been in 3D for so long. 4D, some people are moving into 4D. 4D is more about being aligned with the heart and aligning your purpose with the heart. This is why there are so many spiritual entrepreneurs, um, eclectic entrepreneurs, just in general, people showing going up, up showing up and, and creating their own futures that more often than not are aligned with heart space. Mm-hmm. And then when we can align with that heart space, we move into this co-creative space where we understand that we are not the creators like the secret maybe had many people believe that it's not a bad movie but it it puts so much emphasis on us being the one that creates everything when the truth is life according to the yogic tradition is full of 70 percent of it is mystery mystery the unknown and if we don't have access to the upper triangle if we don't have a balance with the heart center so that it can create the bridge it's an hourglass that's like my favorite visualization is like the hourglass, and you have to keep tipping it upside down. You're seeing the sand come down, but finish that. Sorry, just no, want to give that oh. visualization. Yeah, if we're not in a place that that can can draw that energy up, then we're going to be stuck in this in this 3D reality. And we need to be able to pull that energy up to move into co-creative power to understand that life. There's so much mystery to it, and when we can pull that energy up, we have access to that mystery. And life is really hard. When I know you wanted to say <laughs> fucking hard. <laughs> it's really fucking hard when, when we don't have access to the mystery because then life is heavy in the 3D if we're totally. only in that space. Woo, so when we move girl. To, yeah, it, it, this is really important work to be able to understand the upper and lower triangle. I'm so passionate about that and mental illness because they, they very much mirror off of each other. Because some people with mental illness, I'm using air quotations, they get stuck in the upper triangle and they can't totally. bring anything down. And other people in, with mental illness, myself being in that category with anxiety, you get really caught where you don't feel safe in the lower triangle. Mm-hmm. And so you're, I was self-medicating all the time to try to get out of my own body because I felt so scared to be here and didn't even realize it. And there's so many reasons why that happened. You know, being empathetic was one of those reasons, taking on other people's energy, having really leaky boundaries, again, having guilt for my darker emotions and not knowing how to um, process that. It created a lot of, a lot of stagnation in my system. And then having trauma, trauma is like one of the number one things that creates anxiety. And you know, they say one in three people have a mental illness, but that's only people who come forward and talk about that. Totally. All of us have the capacity to have mental illness. People who are expressing a mental illness gene have just tuned into the extreme of what all of us have the capability and the capacity to experience. But if we're operating from the, um, the reptilian brain, 
it's going to go too up, too high, or too low necessarily. And we can't, we can't operate from the prefrontal cortex, which allows us to know that we're safe, that we're part of something bigger than us. This is what 5D is about, bringing it all the way. Women are so great. We talk in so, such big circles. <laughs> I love it. And then we just like reel it back in. And that is the beauty of the feminine. That's the beauty of the divine feminine is she's in constant flow, mm-hmm. right? And so to pull back, to pull the, into 5D, we really are pulling in this consciousness of co-creative power, meaning there is an energy. You don't have to believe in God. You don't have to be part of a religious structure. You don't, none of that matters. I, I don't really even care about that stuff. What matters to me is, is what you believe in cause you to open or does it cause you to close? You know, does it cause expansion or does it cause contraction? contraction. Mm-hmm. And it's so important to understand that there is an energy outside of us and within us that creates solar systems. It creates cosmos. Oh, don't get me started. I'm still so excited about SpaceX. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Uh, this is all part of it. This would not be happening if we weren't moving into 5D. And many of us are already there. And this is, again, that shout out to the older generation who were in operating out of 4 and 5D. My stepmom is one of these people who maybe wasn't outwardly being a spiritual teacher or a revolutionary out there in the world, but she was in her own family and she was in her own community. And these people anchored in this energy so that us younger folk could come in and then tune into new archetypal patterns. And if you don't know what archetypes are, they're just patterns of power. And these patterns of power are everywhere. And we're tuning into them moment to moment. They're innumerable and they're always changing based on our own levels of consciousness. And, and Carl Jung, who is a Swiss um, psychologist, he was the one who really started to look at this energy. He called it the collective unconscious. Oh, yes. Yeah, and this is where also the darkness lives, right? So archetypal, if you think about the way that archetypes work, it is an energy where we're looking into the shadow, but we're also looking into its counterpart. It's no different than astrology, where you're looking at one side of the coin, one sign, and then what is the sign that's opposing that, that lets you see the totality of what that sign is. You you have to have the other one. Well, you can't have one without the other. Yep. In its essence. That's why my uh, I'm in my nodal return. <laughs> it always sounds so funny. My nodal return. My nodal return as my north nodes in Leo, my south nodes in Aquarius. So it's been like super intense for me with this eclipse. It's a lot of like... I'm sure a lot of people are feeling it. I mean, I even contemplated, we've been talking about with spiritual teachers and the idea around perfectionism. And this is why you don't dive into your shadow self because you think you have to be perfect. But even it's exhausting. A, it's exhausting. <laughs> B, it definitely creates an energy where we can't show up in our totality, so we're only firing on half cylinders. And if you're only firing on half cylinders, you really aren't living a full life. You're living a half life. And then you're exhausted and you burn out because yeah. you feel like you need to meet up to this expectation in order to find approval outside of you. To be loved, to be liked, to be appreciated, Mm -hmm. because sometimes you don't have that within you. This is why I love kundalini yoga, again, because you can utilize the chakras, uh, their nerve clusters now, science has proven that they're there, there are nerve clusters on these, we have 72,000 meridian points in the body, or nadis if you're you're looking into yogic terminology, but through the, the 
the third chakra, the solar plexus, it's the biohacker system to get into the rest of them. So today our yoga teacher was talking about how the heart is, we all need to heal that. There's no question. But if you really want to get into the heart and to heal the heart space, you have to have a strong navel. So working where these, because that's where the 72,000 channels, that's the hub of them. They all come to meet at that space. So if you can create a strong navel point, this is why we chant in Kundalini Yoga. Many people might think that that's weird, but we're really calling upon that navel energy. With these sacred sound currents. With sacred sound current. Yeah. Working the meridian points at the roof of the mouth, which is a combination and permutation, which shifts the way that our brain actually, sec- our, our brain uh, fires and that the glandular system secretes. So after That's you- why my favorite thing is like, like try say the word hate. And you realize that your tongue doesn't hit any of the meridian points. Mm. And when you say love, it gives it a massage. Yeah, beautiful. I've never heard that one. Yeah. That's really, really good. And I bet you could try that with many words. So Because if you think about in utero, the first thing that is created is the human heart. Right. The second thing is the tongue. So the tongue is connected to the heart. So when we speak ill of other people, when we speak ill of ourselves, we are literally poisoning our hearts. And so when someone is, has a lot of toxic language, A, you know they have a lot of toxic thought, but they, they're poisoning themselves. They're creating a toxic environment. And they just need to do a shit ton of like lion's breath. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> we, did, we did a lion's breath meditation for the eclipse and I was like, oh, I got so high. You guys, you can get so high off your own supply there's a reason that uh russell brand says kundalini yoga is the crack cocaine of 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 yoga yoga. for sure yeah because it you you know once a seeker always a seeker we both have histories of of heavy drug use and Mm -hmm. abuse Mm -hmm. and addiction and i was always seeking something and i just wanted to feel good even if feeling good meant i left my body i didn't care yeah i still wanted to have an experience of something my, bigger than myself. My intention to always, when I was really abusing MDMA, my intention was always like, oh my God, this is how I'm going to be able to connect with God. Mm. That was like so much of my, because like I used to go to raves and I wouldn't talk to a single person, especially if there was like my favorite person performing. I would just sit and I'd be like, okay, like this is my time to commune with God. Yeah. So that was always my intention with it. It just started getting bad. When I was doing it every weekend and I wasn't allowing the serotonin in my brain to regenerate. Right. And I did that for like two years. This is why Shavasana is the most important posture. Yeah, the resting pose. It's yeah. just like a lot of people don't want to do it, but like we need that. You have to integrate. You can't integrate without rest. Again, you know why? Because the the asana is, is often the masculine. It's the action. But... The rest and renewal of so feminine. feminine. So I want to talk about this because as an entrepreneur, you know, sometimes we feel like we have to just get to the grind and like always Don't work, we work, ever. work, work, work. <laughs> but there's also true power in that rest and true power in play. Yeah. And true power in like turning the computer off sometime mm-hmm. or like. For me, I don't have notifications on my phone for emails or yeah, social me neither. media. Me neither. So that I don't feel like I always have to be on. My yeah. notifications are from Archangel Michael. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I can attest to that. That's true. Yeah, I, you know, I'm really passionate about this. I have a workshop called Sacred Feminine. And I was someone that was very dominated by, my, by masculine energy. I'm a Leo. That's my sun sign, ruled by the sun. Solar energy, masculine energy. And 
it was go, 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 push, 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 strive, strive, strive. I'm in the spotlight because I'm putting myself there. Girl, I get it. My <laughs> rising's in Leo. I yeah, understand. You, get it. you understand. And that's exhausting too. And what I've really come to realize as I've, as I've really softened into myself is that women, because we have two arc lines, in Kundalini Yoga we have 10 bodies and one of those bodies is the arc line. And because we have and two... And the second arc line is from nipple to nipple. Nipple to nipple. Are curious. Yeah, that's, so why, that's why they're always like... The eye they draw attention is always going towards the breast. <laughs> yes, so the nipple to nipple has an arc line, and then ear to ear along the hairline. This is why with uh, mystical figures, you always see a halo above their head. That's representing their arc line, and it, and it's it's strong. It creates it creates a pull. It creates energy. Um, oh, I lost my train of thought. You're talking about the. Oh yeah, line. so so when you want to get into a very like deep feminine space, you need to be able to cultivate rest and relaxation so that you can shift your electromagnetic field so that you can integrate everything that's happened in the doing world and move into non-doing and and it helps to clear out the space so that you you magnetize to you opportunity there is a strength a deep and profound strength in passivity in being passive in um and that's not I'm not talking about passive aggressive. I'm talking about uh, receptivity, allowance. allowance. This is the chalice, right? This is this is the the sacred cup that um, this is an inverted triangle, right? It allows whatever is uh, going on to flow into it very mm-hmm. beautifully, and this is why we need this space. And I, so I'm really passionate about teaching men and women because we each have a masculine and feminine essence of self that. All this striving, I actually don't think it's going to keep going like this as we continue to move into these new um, dimensions. It's going to be where people come to understand more and more that we need this time. And this is why self-care is a hashtag now. (laughs) This is why people are talking about it. And this is why yoga is so big. Because when we can come home to ourselves as our own, to our own infinity, and we can uh, release the illusion the shrouding of the residue of our past that actually keeps us cloaked so people can't see the real us, including mm-hmm. ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. That's in the arc line too. People can even sense that in the auric field where it's like if you have a lot of stuff going on, people sense that. And it's because you've lost touch with who you are. I look at photos of myself even three years ago and I can. it's such a different energy. Oh, for sure. Well, and then I want to talk about um, the auras and just your auric body is because like you can get holes in your auric body yeah. too, you know, and then when you have these holes and you don't have a strong aura, a lot of the density from the world outside of you can come in and that can be part of the boundary or the energetic boundary mm-hmm. that can really suck out your life force, mm-hmm. cause parasites, like Yeah, sickness. You know, All sickness. illness comes in through the aura. I'm really glad you said that because I, I really want to touch on again on the same topic we're 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 discussing is about the aura and then when you say something like this from a yogic perspective, then we think, oh, if I get sick, then my aura's weak. Or, you know, we can get into that Judeo fundamentalist mentality. And even right now, I'm quite sick. And so coming back to perfectionism, there was part of me that's like, well, should I record this podcast when, I'm, when, I'm, when I feel sick? When really what's going on is I'm being upgraded. Mm-hmm. So that's the part I want to address. It's like, yes, we can have holes in our aura. It can be leaky. We cannot have healthy boundaries and sickness can get in. But just because you get sick does not mean that you're not healthy 
it's nothing to be ashamed of as a it's, spiritual you're, you're teacher. You're detoxing. You can yeah, be a, or a upgrading. Detox or upgrading. Yeah. Now, if you're getting chronically sick, yeah, that's a totally different story. Totally. Um, but I think it's important to remember that all of these teachings, be it yogic philosophy or uh, religious or spiritual, always to let that filter through your own belief system and 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 see what's true for you and see how there's always that polarity and then and then steep in the truth of your own knowledge because we are infinitely wise infinitely wise and we just have to tap into that we just have to, we have tap to remember into it. what we know it's a remembering process yeah. that's just it we're already whole we're already complete it doesn't matter what you did or said it's the limitations that have been placed on us through childhood yeah. and throughout life up until now yeah. that we believe to be true because we were disconnected with our hearts and so now yeah. we have to like unlearn to relearn yes yeah, the empty cup. Yeah. That's why I love tea ceremony. Because in, in a Taiwanese tea ceremony, you're constantly filling and, 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 and witnessing empty cups. So every time you hand the cup over, it's empty. And then it gets filled back up. And then you take that plant medicine and you drink it. And you can't take more without it first being empty. The cup can't receive anything without it first being empty. And it's that beginner's mind in, in Buddhism, right? So... Always showing up, knowing that in this moment, how does that feel for me? What is my intuition saying? And coming back to spiritual teachers who are only showing their light, and then they're telling people how to be in the world. Well, that's just more dogma totally. glittered up as something else. Totally. And when, when there's right and wrong, this is the right way to do it, and this is the wrong way, I'm, I'm not interested. I'm not interested. Me either, girl. Shit. Me either. And that's what being sovereign is about. And, 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 and sovereign is all the second chakra, right? So this is all about creativity. Mm -hmm. So when you don't feel sovereign, you cannot create your own life. You will work for the man. And there's nothing wrong with that. But if most of us now are waking up to understanding that there's more to life than just that, we're put on this planet to remember who we are and to have fun along the way and also to not just let joy be the one thing that causes freedom. Pain causes freedom. Suffering causes freedom. There's liberation that's found in the whole spectrum of emotions or else we wouldn't be given them. Why are they here? Simply so we can pray them away, wish that they're no longer here, just there's, give them there's, up. There's a lot of gifts in those experiences and there's a lot of growth in those experiences and opportunities because the way that I see it is like what I've gone through up until now has been my greatest teacher. Definitely. You know, and, I then, can, I, I can and then I'm able to share because I'm not afraid of being authentic about the situation. Right. Like I'm, I'm, I'm willing to be vulnerable and share like, hey, I see you. I see what you're going through. You're going to get through it. But just know you're not alone. One and two. There's a purpose and there's a reasoning behind everything. Like that is part of the perfection. Yeah. The perfect, the being perfectly imperfect is part of the true perfection. Mm -hmm. Agreed. It's not so much of the perfection of like, oh my God, I'm like wearing like the best yoga clothes right now and I'm looking so great with my green juice mm -hmm. and like everything's all love and light all the time. Like, you know. And look at all these companies that sponsor me and yeah. my Instagram feed is just perfect. And again, nothing wrong with that. However, but there's more only... to life. There's that, that's shallow. It's a shallow life. Like, if you want true depth in your life, you have to allow yourself to fucking go there. Yeah. You have to allow yourself to, like, go... Ooh, I feel that in your Ooh. sound current. Yeah, I'm very passionate about it. <laughs> Fuck. No, but um, 
You have to allow yourself to go into that dirt. Yeah. Because and those allow the it's like deep roots, you know. Well, and, and like, the ten thousand petaled lotus only grows in the mud. Yeah, totally. Like, no mud, no lotus. Yeah. Yep. So totally. you can't even open the tenth gate until think about that. The lotus only grows in the mud. The 10,000 petal lotus is also represented as the 10th gate, the crown chakra. And then you think about the earth it has to grow in, so that's the root. So we're talking about then the upper triangle and the lower triangle. If you do not have the depth of that lower triangle to go deep into the mother, deep into the earth, and have that nurturing energy and to face your demons and to face the darkness, then you can't, you can't elevate yourself. And so to just sit, love and light someone when they're in deep depression, it's not going to work. No. Because all I know from my experience when I was in deep depression, I just wanted to be seen. Yeah, and love. And love. Call for love. Yeah, too. and I just wanted to like have someone hear me out. And I just wanted to know that I wasn't fucking crazy for what I was feeling oh, or what yes. I was experiencing. Yes. Because it was like, again, like, well, I'm seeing through this lens of social media where everyone only shows the highlight reel of their life. Right. Like, wow, my life sucks. I'm, yeah. I'm miserable. That's Easy what was go going there. through in my head. Yeah. For sure during those times. And it was just so isolated. I, I was so isolated. So, like, thank God for my dog. And, like, thank God for, like, the books that I read. Mm-hmm. And, like, my devotion. Even when I did my ayahuasca ceremony, the biggest thing that, like, was, like, a neon lights for me was, like, devotion. Like, that's what it felt like. It was just, like, being in devotion to God, being devotion to spirit, being devotion to my soul and yeah. myself in community to praise spirit and to oh, like be, be so grateful. And that's something that I've had to work through too, you know, like you're talking about with like spiritual teachers and like you, this is wrong and this is right. It's been a huge fucking risk for me to talk about psychedelics and, yes. and my journey, yeah. but I would be lying to myself if I didn't talk about that. Mm-hmm. Because, yes, kundalini has been a huge part of my healing. Don't get me wrong. But if I were to discredit my psychedelic experiences and journey, I would be shaming myself. One, I'd be lying to myself. And I would be preventing other people with an opportunity to be like, hey, if, you know, like, there are, there's more research coming out. Like, there's funding coming out right now for these researches. And so, yeah, there is definitely a period I, I abuse drugs and, yeah. and medicines, for sure. Yeah. I don't, I, I'm the first person to say that. But the fact that, to say that it was all bad for me is not the true mm-hmm. at all. It's just I didn't, wasn't being moderate with it. And I think the caveat to that, too, is a, a strong nervous system. If you don't have a strong nervous system... That's when things get really ugly in that realm. Totally. And that's what happened with me. My nervous system was completely shot even before the lightning accident because I had such strong depression and didn't take care of you know my body. I really want to say this because it's, I find it's really, really powerful. Jim Carrey touches on this. Depression, he says, is the need for deep rest. Yeah, deep rest. Yeah. And deep rest from the characters that you're playing. Totally. And we all play so many characters, all of us. Well, it's a facade that we put up. So it's many like masks. A mask. yeah. yeah. And it's masking our insecurity. It's masking our doubt. It's yes. masking our fear. It's masking yes. our unworthiness. The list goes on and on, on and on. on. And I find whatever people are projecting when it's really a, huge, a big projection is often the thing that they're keeping close to themselves and it's the opposite. So if they're projecting tons of confidence, 
but sometimes we can feel that that's kind of off or they're the arrogant way, almost. Yeah. yeah. It's because they're holding the jewel within of their insecurity and they're so afraid to show that to someone for fear of being rejected, abandoned, betrayed, you know? Yeah. Totally. So this, this work that we're doing, it's, it's not necessarily pretty all the time, but it is, it's the long-term game. And I say game because, you know, on some level, this is an illusion. It's not to say it's not real. Like, you're oh, very Remember real. the quote I told you this morning? All that is seen and seem is just a dream within a dream. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And illusion only exists in the lower triangle. So mm-hmm. everything, that's the tribal mind, right? Um, Carolyn Mace talks about this. So the tribal mind, the, the world of illusion is in those lower three chakras. Even A Course in Miracles says we're dreaming. Anything that's not love is hallucination. Right. You know, it's, it's a hallucination. And for me, that's something so powerful because when situations arise in your life, right now I'm going through a situation where there's a lot of turmoil outside of myself um, and my ex-partner, you know, has decided to, to date someone that I know and it's a lot, but when I really tune into the truth of the energy of the situation, the only thing that's real in that is love. And anything that I take to, and say it wasn't is, is a hallucination because we are that. It is us. That's why anytime you, you show up in love, you heal. You mm-hmm. feel better. Now, the caveat to that is sometimes the most loving thing you can do is to put up boundaries and to be angry and to say fuck and to do whatever you need to do to move through that 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 realm of illusion and shake it up so that you can Cut get through. yeah you can get to the higher centers it's not a hierarchy but the higher centers allow us again to access the 70% and because that 70% is unknown we want access to this this mystical idea that we don't know everything to get comfortable being uncomfortable, to get comfortable with the fact that we don't know, to fall in love with not knowing. That is what such a gift. Mm-hmm. It is. It is. That's trust. Total. It's trust. It's surrender. faith. Surrender. Inner knowing. And the only knowing. way to know that is to jump, is to leap, is to do yep. it. You know, you can't, you can't write a book on trust but have never taken the, the steps. I remember when I was in my job, I was so bound by fear that I wasn't going to make money outside of that. I was terrified. And I remember having a conversation on the phone with my cousin and she's like, why are you so afraid? And I just, it was because fundamentally I had a fear that I wasn't supported by the universe. Mm. And I had to get to the root of that. And then when I saw that for what it was, I left my job and I was scared. I spent all my money on my business you know, people don't even talk about the gritty side of business. Like, I invested thousands and thousands of dollars into my business um, and almost had to go back and get a job at one point. But then, miraculously, a huge amount of abundance came in for me that allowed me to keep going. And that's all you need. When those things start happening, the, the level of trust that builds, you know, we were just talking about this being at the Gem and Mineral show and Right now, I have a huge sum of money that I've just invested again into my business, but I have such a level of trust that's all going to come back to me tenfold. So you have to just go through it to 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 know that it's going to be to know that it's real. It makes grit. It makes it really enriching. It makes you 
it gives you an opportunity to honor all facets of the human experience. Yeah. You can't just be like one-sided. Anyone who, we all know that just having abundance doesn't mean you have happiness. Just having money doesn't mean you have happiness. We also know that many people who don't have any money and are just living in the oh upper realm, that doesn't bring you happiness either. I just had this like gnarly visualization. Tell so me. like driving to Tucson from Joshua Tree, it was like, you just go straight. Yeah. Okay. Imagine like how fucking boring it would be just to be like showing one side is just going straight. But like what makes the journey in exciting are all of these twists and turns. Totally. Like that's what makes it and scenic. And the stops along it's the way. It's scenic. It's what yeah. makes it scenic. I've heard from other spiritual teachers and leaders that the angels are jealous of this realm because we actually come here. We incarnate to experience contrast. So that's the twist in terms of life. When we were, you know, in the likeness and not even in the likeness and image, but when we were source energy, it was just perfect, mm-hmm. perfect love, perfect expansion, infinity. And, and we wanted to experience contrast so we could make the choice mm. to choose love. And it seems like it's insane, but it actually is incredibly intelligent in nature if you think about it we chose to incarnate to remember that we are love and to face many it's the hero's journey yep the heroine's journey yep the woman who ran with wolves journey (laughs) (laughs) it's remarkable that we're here doing this work and it can get really heavy and all mythology comes from that all mythology comes from that this is why i love working with archetypes because when you think about the way that that's what mythology really is, it is. this is what motifs in, in art is, it's this idea that we're tuning into this pattern and that these patterns are agreed upon before we come here. And all of us who are actually on this planet right now are shifting archetypes. I'll give you an example. The wounded child. So we all have the archetype of the child. We all have four in common. And one of them is the child. There's many different types of child. So one of them is the wounded child. That's one of my archetypes. But my my stepbrother, or my half-brother rather, he didn't incarnate with that archetype. Why? Because all of us, I believe, have chosen to do the work to help heal so much of our lineage, whether we know we're doing that or not, that is what we're doing. So the energy, it's like you're sending um, from a database to the main server. Imagine just hitting send. It's like sending an email. And you're sending that energy every time you think a thought. So when you think a thought, "Mm, my inner child feels very loved right now. I feel very seen and very heard Mm. by you. You know, I feel supported and loved and cherished. So I send a signal through my thoughts up to the ethers. And that collects energy. So if we're sending, I don't feel heard, I don't feel loved, I feel abandoned, betrayed, it creates a very strong vortex. Dense. And then when we incarnate, that's one of the things we get to kind of pick from, so to speak. Carolyn Mace talks about this in her book, uh, Sacred Contracts. So when we come down uh, and there's more people doing this work, there's less energy now built into the wound and more energy built into the magical child, for example, or the spiritual child Mm. and so we can tune into this this new energy so the work we do today the thoughts we think right now has a profound effect on the entire world and everyone who's going to incarnate after us and if those thoughts get heavy to not be hard on yourself yes that's super important because if those thoughts are heavy 
allow yourself to stop, breathe, recognize that they're coming up and realize that they're coming up to be healed and transmuted and like to be showered with your love. Yeah. And sometimes they're not even yours. They're not even yours. That's part of that. It's part of the the universal mind. The universal mind. And even like the, if there's holes in your aura. Yes. That's coming through. Yeah. And, and so we, when our energy, when our vibration, you know, gets really dense and heavy because of many different things that we can choose to do. That could be the food that we're eating, what we're ingesting, um, the company we keep. Then we become more, we become a vibrational match to those lower thoughts. It's not even that they're necessarily ours. It's just that they're floating around in the, in the universe. We attach to them and then we decide if it means something to us based on our story and then we adopt it as our own, and then it turns into emotion. When it turns into emotion, it starts to develop commotion. Mm-hmm. And that's when the, the limbic system kicks in, the reptilian brain, and we, we teeter over in one direction or another. But if we lift our vibration, so I love what you said, so if you just take one deep breath, this is not esoteric, it's super pragmatic. You take one deep breath, and you can shift your, your frequency. And then you're going to become a little bit more of a vibrational match to a different thought. Again, that's not to say have negative feelings. When I have negative thoughts fly through on the screen, I'm just like, whoa. And I put my hand on my heart always. I'm just like, I love you so much. And I, I talk to myself like that now. And I just spend time because I, we think so many, like a thousand thoughts in a second. Totally with every blink of an eye. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't even know what all of those are. That's why I love mantra. This is why I love sound current because mantra, the only thing that keeps your misery um, sustained is toxic internal dialogue. Mm. So when we can use mantra, we actually cut the dialogue down at the root and we plant a new seed. And when we plant that seed, we actually then allow something new to grow. When we plant that seed and we're lifting our gaze or drawing the pranic energy up, the life force energy up, then we're in, infusing it in the higher um, chakras and we're infusing it into the higher glands. And then when more often than not, the more you, it just is practice. That's why it's called a yoga practice. The more you do that, the less likely you will be to think these thoughts. And then when they do come up, again, just taking that moment and being like, oh, I love you. And, and, and noticing where it came from. Maybe it's yours. Ask if it's yours. Is it mine? Ask your body to give you a yes or a no. You know, there's lots of different tools to be able to find out what's going on for you. And if it's not your thought, let it go. And I, I mean, I know easier said than done, mm-hmm. for sure. But once you have these tools, it can change everything. And I, the reason I'm saying that, and I'm so passionate, because this is coming from someone who for six months had a panic attack every single day. Every day. I felt so unsafe. I started getting vertigo. I didn't even know how to exist in the world. And I'm an outgoing person that loves people. And I didn't even know how I was going to be able to handle my life. And I thought I was going to be hospitalized. I get it. I get it. Oh, I, I had those negative thoughts. And I, I get it. That I, was, I get oh, it. I get so it. So much self-loathing, self-hatred, Ugh. toxicity. And I did so much work. Yep. It doesn't mean the thought. Here's the thing. It doesn't mean we're trying to eliminate the thoughts even. We're, that's not the point of this path. The point is when they arise, you have tools Mm-hmm. to help you transmute the thoughts mm-hmm. into something serving for right. you. Because the thoughts are serving too. They're allowing you to know where you're currently at. Sickness, super serving. If you get sick, an illness is always going to guide you deeper into what it is that your emotional state is. And it, it's what makes you really slow down. Yeah. 
And we always have a positive intention. So even if someone gets really sick, the positive intention might be, I want to feel love. Mm-hmm. And they might not even be conscious they're thinking that, but that is the intention. It's so deep. And then they day after day, they feel unloved, unseen, unheard. And so an illness might manifest where then they get love from people outside of them, family members, friends, because now they're sick. And Carolyn Mays talks about this. You should not have to have a heart, a, a broken heart for people to shower you with love. Yeah. And this is, this is a sickness in our culture to be stuck in, in this area, to be stuck in. Poor me, poor me. Yeah. So yes, dive into your shadow, but do not get stuck there. Yep. With that being said, fuck yeah, this episode's so rad. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I want to ask you a few quick questions. Oh. What would you say is one of your biggest spirit guides or spirit animals right now? Spirit animals, mm-hmm. bear just came to mind. Why? You know, when I was when I was younger, I dreamt about bears a lot, and I don't feel like that's my spirit animal per se. But it just came it came flying through, so I felt like I needed to <laughs> I needed to honor what that was. So I'm, you know, the bear is a lot about hibernation and taking time to really integrate. And I feel that that's where I'm at right now. Is um, I'm I'm integrating a lot of stuff. I'm going through an upgrade. Uh, I have a lot to offer a lot is coming this is just the beginning for both of us we we know that deeply in our bones and but it takes integration so time for me to just settle and to go deeper into my self-care and self-love and and to do to actually do all the things we're talking about because this practicing what we're preaching yeah man i am so i don't want to see people who are like i can help you be the next six figure blah 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 but i have five dollars in my bank account like Run from people who pretend to have something and then try to sell it to you. That is not what this is about. This is about being honest, authentic, and then doing your work, sharing that you're doing your work, and then helping to elevate through sharing from a somewhat transmuted state. Yeah. Okay. So bear. So yeah. Who would you say are some of your favorite goddesses right now that are really good? Wow. Black Lilith. Black Lilith, obviously. I've been talking a lot about Black Lilith. Because, you know, in, in Jewish folklore, Black Lilith actually came down as Adam's wife and then had to be subservient to him. And they actually say, the myth goes, that he wouldn't let her go on top in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. And so she had enough of that and left. And then they created Eve from the rib so that she would be subservient. So I love, already I love, she's a rebel. She doesn't take orders. She's a sovereign being. She works with dark energy because she went and worked with demons. She birthed many of them. The angels had to go kill them all, as the story goes. So definitely Black Lilith. Um, I'm also really working with a lot of energy around Kali right now, Mm. you know, And, and being strong in that because... I am someone who, my Virgo rising really gets me. I can get very martyrdom. I usually take the archetypal path of the virgin, so that's not literal, but that's to say when I go through healing, I go at it alone, and I find you know, my strength in, in, in almost in, in being pious or in um, being pure. And, and now Black Lilith and even Kali, it's like, you have boundaries. You're destroying in order to create. You know that that is okay for your well-being. You're not just being the nice girl. And I think that that's something that's really deep in our culture that we all have. Is, well, that's part of the huge healing that's happening right yeah, now. Yeah, like being, being the good nice girl. means I'll get love and approval. Yeah. Well, we're fucking tired of it. Yeah, tell them. <laughs> Shit, tell them. So those are, those are two that are really, really resonating with me. And Lakshmi. 
Lakshmi. We're bringing in all the abundance. Yeah, and I mean abundance in all areas of life. I think the you know what I've been praying for lately is not bring me my my perfect partner or my six figure income, but just help me to see the ways that I can be happy right now. Mm. That is so abundant. That is a miracle mindset to just say, help me to see the ways that I can be happy right now. And when you can cultivate that, holy, your whole your world your whole world's gonna change. I love that. Yeah. Just gonna sit in that for a second. Yeah. So beautiful. Oh, all right. What would you tell younger Krista? That it's all happening. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm literally living my dream five years ago. I remember being, <laughs> it's kind of embarrassing, but it's so cute. I love myself so much five years ago. <laughs> I was walking through a park and I was pretty intoxicated actually. So the veil was quite thin and I started getting these downloads and I can't even remember it now, but it, this whole poem came through me. And she's an amazing poet. Oh, oh that's so sweet. Thank you, you are. I'm waiting for the book. <laughs> yes, yeah, so this really beautiful poem. Thank you so much. Came through me. And I remember I started bawling. And I just was like, what am I, what am I, what am I doing here? I'm not going to be a server forever, am I? I was waiting tables at the time. And it was, the voice very clearly said, no, you're going to be one of the spiritual leaders that you look up to. And I just started bawling, bawling, because I didn't feel worthy, I didn't feel ready. I, I, I couldn't even admit that to people because my self-worth was so low at that time that I felt like, who am I to, no, not me. And, but my soul knew, like there was a part of me that was like, fuck yeah. And so I would just tell myself that, I, that it's all gonna work out, it's all fine. I already, I already sense that, I already know what I have in my heart now is gonna be true in five years. Because that's the way it works when you do this work. Totally. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. Yeah, me too. For you. Uh, so, okay. Two more questions. Okay. What would be the last thing? Actually, no. I'm, no, no, no. I'm going to end that with that. Where can we find more of you? Okay. Uh, my Instagram handle is at Chalice Grove. So C-H-A-L-I-C-E and then G-R-O-V-E. Chalice represents the divine feminine. Grove is more of that masculine energy. So it's the balance between the two. Um, Chalicegrove.com is my website. I also have an Etsy site on there that will link you to beautiful sacred jewelry that I love making. So you can have a physical talisman for the journey yeah. that you're going through, which is really potent. I think it's really valuable to not only be offering... Um, a service but also to have a product and just saying I was with her at the gem show and the stuff that she got <gasps> is gonna be so good like yeah. all her new stuff I'm so yeah. excited to see it okay so this is the last question what is the one last thing you would want whoever is listening right now what is the one last piece of advice you would like to share inspiration poem coming through whatever yeah i'm just gonna sit with that for a moment and just take a breath with it that you're never ever alone there's so much support and there's so many beings angels guides people that love you unconditionally and so no matter what it is that you're going through, no matter how dark, no matter how scary, no matter how sad, no matter how frustrating, that you're going to be okay. Just 
one day at a time, one breath at a time, and know that you are not alone. We are never alone. It is the biggest illusion that exists on this planet. That's what I would say. I just had to like go in and like feel that. <laughs> that was beautiful. Hmm. Thank you, sister. Yeah, thank what you. What a what a strong way to end our like wild adventure yeah. these past eleven days. Yeah. Thank you so much. I I feel so honored. You're doing such beautiful work and just you know showcasing other people and their talents and their skills and their ability. That is like such a noble and beautiful cause, and it is a true Aquarian teacher. So. Satnam, sister. Satnam. Thank you. Waheguru. Waheguru. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, this was so great. I just adore you and appreciate you. you. All right, everyone. Go check out Krista. Like I said, her poetry is phenomenal. Her jewelry is amazing. She's amazing. Just all the amazingness. And go make a new friend on Instagram. I you gotta make you... a new friend on Instagram. <laughs> you just never know. You never know. Well, thank you everyone for tuning in, and we're sending so much love your way. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye. Blessings. Blessings.